Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you can always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Inventing Anna, the official podcast, is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Inventing Anna, the official podcast, your exclusive look inside the making of the Shondaland series on Netflix. I'm your host, Stacey Wilson-Hunt, and today I'm talking to the one and only Neff Davis. Neff, of course, is the hotel concierge and aspiring filmmaker who befriended Anna Delvey. She was also the mastermind behind her now infamous trial-style Instagram account. I hope you enjoy my chat with Neff about what her life has been like since the series premiered, her experiences being on set during production, how she feels about the series overall, and her ongoing relationship with Anna Delvey. Hi, Neff. It's so nice to have you on our podcast. How are you? Hi, Stacey. I'm great. Before we get into some details about the show, firstly, I just want to know what has your life been like since the show premiered? My life has been amazing since the show premiered. From the fans that are contacting me, telling me they wish they had a Neff friend in their life. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I verified on Instagram? It's just so <laughs> much fun to just see the reactions from the show and finally having people in the film industry interested in my scripts and my capabilities and film color theory. So it's been amazing. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And I will actually want to ask you more questions about what you're working on, but we'll do that later in the show. I'd love to know what has most surprised you about the way Inventing Anna has resonated with fans? I 
think what has most surprised me is how so many people want to know how me and Anna's friendship started. How is it going? They want to see pictures of us. It's like they're very fascinated by the Neff and Anna friendship. And I thought that her crimes and the luxe life that she lived before even meeting me was more interesting than our friendship. But I'm actually shocked that a lot of people want to know, were you really friends with her? Yes, that does seem to be a through line in in fan interest because it does seem like a really fascinating relationship. And, you know, the centerpiece of this whole series is asking the question, who is Anna Delvey, right? So for our purposes today, since this is all about you, I want to ask, who is Neff Davis? Wow. Neff Davis is colorful. She's confident. She knows the right people the wrong people. (laughs) I'm the honest person in people's lives. So I think Neff is a a badass. (laughs) In my 30s, I can claim that and be okay with it. I'm confident. I love film. So I would just describe myself simply as a cinephile. All right, let's fast forward to 2018. How did you feel when you first found out that Shonda Rhimes was going to adapt Jessica Pressler's article for Netflix? What were your first feelings? My first feelings were the outfits are going to be amazing. (laughs) So I was so excited about the clothing, but I was just like, Shonda Rhimes knows my name. (laughs) You know, Grey's Anatomy has been coming on since I was in middle school. Oh, wow. I was so excited. I'm a huge fan of Shonda. And you served as a consultant on Inventing Anna. And I would love to know, what were your conversations like with Shonda, the researcher, and the writer's room in helping educate them about this story? So as a consultant for the show, your main person that you're in contact with is the head of research, which was Melissa Lowe. So she became like what we call my email best friend. We sent emails back and forth, and one day she sent me an email and said, okay, you're about to join the writer's room on like a Zoom-like introduction, and Shonda's going to be in the room. And I was like, oh my gosh, my hair isn't done. I wasn't prepared (laughs) for this. She was like, it's going to be tomorrow. We're going to do it. You know, it was the pandemic, you know, so I was able to be in the room with them and just talk about who Neff is, like I'm doing with you and my personality, how I felt about every single character in the show. And they were like, just taking notes and asking questions. And I was like, wow, I'm really going to be contributing to something that is huge. And at that very moment, I knew I had made the right decision, given my life rights to them because I was so involved, you know? So I was just so excited to be able to actually get invited on set by Shonda. Shonda Land and Shonda Rhimes were the only people who came to me and said, oh, we don't just want to use your life rights. We want you to consult. So I knew I had made the right decision. That's really nice. And I'd love to know, what were they most interested in about you that surprised you? Them asking me about how an employee that works at the hotel, how do they come to work? 
Like, what do you do? What door do you enter? Do you take your uniform home? And I'm like letting them know, no, you never take your uniform home. It gets washed and cleaned there. They were like, okay, so who's in the locker room? I'm like, oh, it's me. It's housekeeping. It's the like cuckoo restaurant workers. It's all of us there. And so just the process of getting to know one of my favorite roles I've ever had in my life being a concierge was just so surprising but amazing to me because I wanted them to get that right because I knew all of my concierge friends would be watching. (laughs) Right. And I imagine they're a tough crowd because that's a really hard job, right? Oh, yeah. Like, it's so stuffy because we know everyone. We can get into all of the places. So a lot of them watched the show and was like, oh, so you told them about the database. And I was like, no, I didn't even tell them about the database. They was like, so how do they know? I'm like, they're Shondaland. They're going to know about the database. So it was amazing (laughs) to hear and to see uh, the mention the union and different things that I knew hospitality workers would really enjoy. I love that. What were you saying to them? The most important thing that you need to know about this show is what? The most important thing you need to know is that I'm loyal to Anna, but I'm not a dummy. I'm friends with Anna, but I do have boundaries. And most importantly, Anna will never come before my money. And I think they made that very clear in the show that, okay, when it starts to affect Neff's job and her career and her money, Anna has to go. That's great. And I'm going to ask you more about your impressions of the series in a little bit. But I do want to talk about meeting and working with Alexis Floyd, the amazing actor who plays Neff in the series. What questions do you remember Alexis asking of you in that first meeting? I remember she asked me, so are you still friends with Anna? I remember she asked me my favorite nail polish color, what kind of lipstick I would wear. How did I wear my hair to the gym? How did I wear my hair to work? And I was like, wow, she's studying me. And then she was like, can I record you? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, it's just for me. I was like, go ahead. So now I see it was to pick up on my accent and things like that. So it was amazing. So you were able to actually be on set during production of Inventing Anna. What was it like to be in the presence of this strange world in which these real-life events that took place in your life were being recreated for television? It was mind-blowing. I never expected to be on set, but I got an email one day from a producer that said, Shonda Rhimes wants you to come in, and she wants you to shadow this director who's going to be doing scenes that don't involve Alexis. So I'm not like standing over Alexis, but there'll be other scenes for Casey's character and for Rachel's character. And I was like, I'm on my way. And it feels surreal because they're remaking a, a workout scene. And I'm like, wow, this is how Casey Dukes is, you know? So it was amazing to be on set and to be able to be around Nzinga, who's an amazing director. And she was showing me, you know, how she controls the set and all of the expensive cameras. It was just like, I was a kid. It it felt amazing. I was so happy. (laughs) And were there any revelations that came up for you personally being on that set? Did you find yourself feeling reflective or having any epiphanies about this whole experience? And how did that feel? The number one thing that I took from being on set is that this ageism that I had made up in my head that, oh, I'm I'm never going to reach my dreams. I'm in my 30s now. And as I looked around, everyone that's on set is 
older than me and they're like in their dream job and they tell me how many years it took them to get there. So it was at that very moment where I realized as long as I'm alive, it's never too late. So I know that probably isn't what you meant by that question, but that's what I took from it, that, wow, I can reach this skill. Like, it's not too late, Nev. I love that. And I've actually had those experiences myself where I meet maybe a first-time director who's 50. It's never too late. Yes. And before we talk about the show, I did want to reference something that you said in an interview recently, which is the writing on Inventing Anna is so well done that people aren't able to separate the real Neff from the TV Neff. And I'd love for you to expand a little bit on that. You know, there's maybe a curse to the writing being so good that people don't realize that's not me, <laughs> but it is you. So tell me a little bit about balancing that dichotomy. Yes, because the writing is so amazing. Shout out to the whole writer's room. They just did an amazing job making Neff so real and so relatable. But I have people DMing me like, why are you screaming at a billboard instead of being at work? And how could you afford a Gucci purse and you worked at the concierge desk? And I'm like, wow, they're examining everything. And so it's like little things and obviously things about my loyalty with Anna that they kind of added a little ice into just to show people the role of me being the supportive friend. But it was a lot of things that I kind of laughed because I was like, oh, the show Neff is doing way more than what the real Neff would do for Anna. But I thought that it was super cute to show a loyalty that couldn't be broken. I agree. The complexities of a female friendship, it's a lot to explore, right? <laughs> yes, definitely. Let's rewind back to 2017. You're 25 and you're working as a concierge in Soho and Anna Delvey walks into your life, quite literally walks into your workspace. What do you remember about that day? Take us back to that moment where you first saw her. So I'm sitting at the desk on the second floor. We had a huge group check-in from a client that usually lets their people stay at our hotel. So I'm drained. And this woman walks up with these huge Celine glasses, this oversized black Rick Owens sweatshirt and Alexander Wayne leggings that are sheer and see-through, a little too revealing to be walking around, you know, a hotel like Eleven Howard. And she just walks up to my desk and she's like, I need a reservation. And I was like, oh, hi, I'm Neff. And she just put the $100 on my desk. At that very moment, the first thing I said, what's your last name? Because I knew for her to give me $100 before I even gave her a reservation or got to know her, that she must be here for a while. And when she told me Delvey, I looked it up and she said that she would be here a month. So I remember just looking at her and thinking, who is this woman that will be here a month and why is she at this hotel? So you did have some initial skepticism of who she was and why she was there and the fact you didn't know her last name. You probably wondered, hey, I've never heard of this person and suddenly she's here for a month. Yes, I definitely Google every guest because sometimes you'll have people stay and you're like, oh, he's like one of the founders of Google, but you don't know because you don't know the name. But when I Googled the name, nothing came up but party pictures. So oh. I was like, oh, okay, socialite, easy, you know? So I directed her to different spots that she should go to. And the first place that I recommended her was Le Cuckoo. And she was like, oh, 
okay, I'd rather just go to the butcher's daughter. And I was like, oh, okay. So it was really interesting to get to know Anna at that very moment, because from that very moment, she never left me alone. (laughs) That definitely comes through in the show as well. (laughs) And I was curious, in the hotel world, is there really a dry race board that tracks VIP guests? Yes. So when you are coming into work, there's a dry erase board and you have one column that says VIP. And it's not always someone famous. It could just be someone that is a big spender. It could be someone that has stayed with us and complained about her bed linen before. So you just want to make sure that a VIP is someone that never has to complain ever again. I love that. So every character in the show seems to have a different idea of the source of Anna's wealth. What was your impression at the time of where she got her money? She never really indicated it, but I always thought, oh, like a white woman with a lot of money in New York isn't something I should really question. It's just normal. Maybe her dad is giving her money. She was always saying, my dad gave me this, my dad gave me that. So I was like, okay, rich white woman. It didn't really make me ask her until it became like, whoa, she must have a lot of money because her spending became you know, out of control. And how would you describe your dynamic with Anna early on? Did you feel like friends out of the gate or was was there a getting to know you period? Well, we're not allowed to fraternize in hotels. So I definitely kept my distance at first, but then she would just come and sit at my desk from 7.30 a.m. until I clocked out at 11 p.m., So like I told Jessica Pressler, this is someone that wanted my time and she wasn't going to allow me to escape it. We talked about art. We talked about music and hip hop and me living in Harlem and her wanting to visit Harlem. So it was kind of one of those things where we weren't friends, but she kind of made us friends, which made me like her because I thought, wow, someone of your status wants to be friends with me and it's natural. Hey, why not? Absolutely. And actually, you mentioned going to Harlem. Alexis Floyd shared with us that you took Anna to Harlem to a restaurant. What was that experience like? So hearing Anna in the car listening to hip hop, Lil Wayne and different artists as we head to Harlem. And I'm like, you want to come to the hood? Okay, buckle up. And she definitely was like, yeah, I want to go. I was like, Anna, be careful. So we went to Harlem. She enjoyed it. And Honestly, at that very moment, I should have realized that this woman had a lot more in common than me than what I had known. Because me and Anna at that time really had the same amount of money when it came to legit money. I just didn't know. Wow. You know, she didn't come from much. You know, her dad had a a truck business. And just like my parents, her parents had to work. We just didn't know that Anna wasn't who she said she was. So hearing you talk about it, there's almost a sort of sadness there because the two of you could have connected on other levels at the time had you known her real story. There could have been an even deeper friendship there. But I'm so glad I didn't know. I didn't want to be an accessory. I tell people all the time, if Anna had told me, I wouldn't have went to the law, but I definitely would have been like, I can't be spending this money with you. I can't be getting pedicures and hanging out with you. So in a way, she protected me from her crimes by not telling me. Even though we could have bonded, I would have had to separate myself just because as a Black woman, we go down. And I didn't want anything to get pinned on me. So I'm so happy I didn't know she was a scammer. We're happy for you, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. 
Okay, there's still so much more to hear. Please don't go anywhere. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes. Or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com slash iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Okay, ready to hear more? Let's do it. So we see some glimmers of Anna's vulnerable side throughout the series, namely in scenes with Val and then Chase toward the beginning of their relationship, and also with Todd and even some moments with Vivian. But I'd venture to say that Anna probably feels the most comfortable and true and authentic when she's with Neff. How much does that ring true for you? I think about 75%. I think that Anna was never the real Anna with anyone. So I don't want to just sit here and be like, hey, I know the real Anna because I still don't know a lot about her. But I know that one thing we did that she never really did with other people, we ate good. I noticed (laughs) that when Anna was with other people, we just have her wine. But with me, eat those carbs. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, I don't have anything against people that want to be themselves around me. And I think that's what Anna took advantage of, being herself around me, because I am someone that is an empath. And I'm like, wow, like this woman has all of these business ideas and no one is her real friend. Let me be her real friend. So Mm. yeah, I definitely feel like I knew 75% of the real Anna. Wow. When you're someone who shows empathy, that can also open you up to vulnerability for yourself. And maybe that was a kind of kindness that Anna hadn't felt before. Yes. uh, Anna is really good at pulling at your heartstrings. 
she's definitely one of those people that when you meet her, you know you've never met anyone like her because she's really good at making you feel feels. It's like, do I feel bad for her? No, but should I feel bad for her? Maybe. And that's what Anna is a master at, making you feel feels. And those are the people you have to watch. And how accurately do you think the show portrays your friendship with Anna? Yes, I think it definitely felt accurate because, I mean, of course, there were some things where I was like, I wouldn't beg Rachel to come to Rikers, but I would call Rachel out for wearing clothes that Anna purchased. <laughs> so I think it was a good balance of real life Neff and the Neff they wrote for the show. But I think as far as the friendship, yeah, they definitely got it. I'm still loyal to Anna. I do have my boundaries where I don't answer every phone call. I haven't visited her at ICE. But as far as if someone was to ask me, you know, how do you feel about Anna? I'm like, that's my girl. We all make mistakes and I'm not one to judge. I'm just human, you know? Wow, that's very generous of you. So there's so many wonderful scenes in the show where it seems Neff gets to be her true Neff self, so to speak, and show all the qualities that now I'm realizing that you actually share with the Neff we see on screen. Do you have any favorite scenes that stick out for you in the series? Wow, so many. I love the scene where Julia, who portrays Anna, she has on this beautiful lavender suit and she's like banging on the window as Neff is walking by with this orange dress. And I knew that Shondaland took that moment from when I told them Anna had purchased me a rare orange shirt. So that one moment where Alexis, who plays me, says, you know, that's my color. I know it's something so simple, but like forever people will know how much I love the color orange. And it was so <laughs> accurate when it came to me and Anna's relationship and friendship. Well, I would tell her, no, don't buy me anything. And she's like, I already purchased it. <laughs> I love that part the most. It's actually one of my favorite scenes, too. Good one. I'd love to reflect a little bit on some scenes in the series that also have a direct correlation to real-life events. And one of the most pivotal moments is when the character of Vivian finds Neff at the hotel as Neff becomes her sort of portal to understanding more about Anna. I don't need you to convince Anna. If she's going to respect me, I'm pretty sure I have to do that myself. But I need to know... What does Anna want? So, of course, in real life, that was Jessica Pressler who contacted you. What was your first meeting like with Jessica? Well, when I first met Jessica, she had DM'd me on Twitter and said, hey, I'm a reporter. I was like, no, you're not. She said, I am. I really want to meet up with you. So I was like, okay, I'll go. And we met at a cafe and I was so scared. I brought a weapon with me because I'm um, stranger danger. But then it's this woman whose stomach is sticking out and she's pregnant. <laughs> and she has this huge smile and she's so sweet. So my first impression was like, wow, Jessica's a badass. And I mean, she went to Rikers pregnant so many different occasions. I just thought, wow, this woman is pregnant and she's still doing her job and she's not complaining. And we're meeting up all different times of the day, talking late at night. And then once I realized what she was creating and writing, I was like, wow, 
Jessica's an amazing writer. I mean, I didn't know the New York Mag article would blow up, but I was like, wow, this is in good hands. So almost similarly how you felt when you found out Shonda was going to make the show, right? That sense of care and empathy and respect that they were giving the material. Yes. And she really got to know me, even though there were times where I was like, okay, you're being too pushy because it felt like a journalist is like trying to know everything about your life. What I realized was she was actually about to change my life because if she didn't write the New York Mag article, I mean, we wouldn't be talking right now. So I'm so appreciative of Jessica and I'm glad that we both had patience for one another and we still remain friends now to this day. I talked to her yesterday. So it was amazing to be able to put my story in her hands and then she put her story in Shonda, the goat hands. I love that. And that's, of course, the greatest of all time, in in case people are not understanding that reference. Yes. You know, episode two introduces us to an interesting conflict between Neff and Casey, where Neff feels strongly that they should go visit Anna in prison. And Casey essentially tells her the person who's sitting at Rikers is not the person you thought you knew as a friend. Do you really want to go down there, walk into that prison and find out the person you thought was one of your closest friends was just a made up character? Tell me what your experience was like visiting Rikers and what was your dynamic with Anna when you were in the prison seeing her? Rikers was horrible. I know that they do not like the people that are visiting the inmates because the inmates put them through hell and they make sure they let you know you're being searched three different times, exactly how they showed in the show. But Anna needed some panties and some magazines. It was just like to me, If I was locked up in a foreign country and I didn't have a single family member and I had one homegirl that can drop me off some clean panties and some magazines, I would hope she would go through what I went through to bring them to me. And it was one of those things where I realized, oh, I'm never coming to jail just based on, you know, the smell and the, (laughs) the attitude. It was just one of those things where I was like, you know what, Anna, I'm bringing you this, but I'm never coming back. So Rikers wasn't the best experience for me at all. And I was just grateful that Anna actually left Rikers and went upstate because then I didn't have to visit anymore. <laughs> right. So episode five introduces us to an inter- another interesting dynamic. There's a great scene with Neff and her boyfriend in the show where he kind of outlines why he feels suspect of Anna and her intentions with Neff. But he does seem to agree with one of Anna's guiding principles, which is, if you want something, you have to do something about it. Stop counting money in a shoebox inside this apartment. Go after what you want. How did it feel for you watching that scene in terms of the way Anna influenced you to pursue your filmmaking career? Wow. I mean, for Anna, every time I came to work, she would tell me to quit and pick up a camera or quit and go to the movies. In Anna's mind, it's sort of like a fairy tale. So once I got to know her, I realized like, yeah, she is pushing me to be better and to be a director. But realistically, she's not thinking about bills. She's not thinking about my student loans that I already have. So it was interesting that I had this woman that would always tell me, I'm going to be the reason you're a famous film director. I'm going to be the reason why people know you as Neff the filmmaker, but wasn't really putting any money behind my dreams. Something that's really interesting throughout the series is how we see Anna 
become vulnerable around her friend. We don't really see that side of her unless she's with Neff. And there's a really beautiful scene, actually, the two of you in her suite, in her bed, just sort of hanging out like friends. Very intimate. What's your parents like? Mm. Mainly mom and me. We've always been super close. Like, close, like pretzels <laughs> wrapped up in each other's business. <laughs> I came to New York to figure out who I am without her. And who are you? Walk me through how that felt for you to watch that scene. And was there a real life moment for you where you felt that way? Yeah, I could still see her face and just how her cheeks were so rosy and her hair was so distressed. And I just remember like... Wow, I don't ever want to open up an art exhibit if this is what I'm going to look like and feel like. But now looking back, it was because it was all crumbly. The loans weren't going through. The bank accounts were getting negative. Her dad isn't speaking to her. Her family lawyer isn't real. And I'm just like, wow, she held it together for someone that was going through so much and scamming so many. I had no idea. But that's one of my mom's favorite scenes, maybe because I mentioned my mom. So I was so happy that Shondaland put that in there because it really did happen. And it was one of the probably the most intimate moments I had with Anna was when we were just closed in a room together and she could show some type of emotion. Wow. We've talked about the idea that your character and obviously you in real life had to learn how to set some boundaries with Anna. And there is that moment where this hits fever pitch in the series, where we see the character of Neff confronting Anna when now that she knows a bit more about her situation, saying, you need to handle your business. What are you going on about? Anna, I'm on the line here, okay? No one has heard of you. I put you on every list. I put you on the VIP board. You won't put a credit card down at the hotel. Your cards don't even work. I paid for that dinner. I'm broke and I need this job. And your bill is over $30,000. Tell me what the real-life interaction was when this took place and how you felt in that moment. And to what degree were you scared for yourself and your financial future? I was definitely afraid not to lose my job because I didn't check Anna in. So whoever checked Anna in didn't request a credit card from her. But these are still people that I care about, that I work with. And now that I have this friendship with her and I realize that some of the food that she's been charging from the restaurant downstairs, I actually ate. And it's going to her room, but there's no card down. Now it's $30,000. And my managers are looking at me and they're like, Neth, this is your friend. This is your home girl. Get our money. Because if you don't get the money, then you could get in trouble for fraternizing. I wouldn't lose my job because union, but it's still one of those things where you're like, wow, I've been friends with this woman and she's not going to pay her bill. No, you need to pay it. So I approached her. I believe it was over the phone. And I said, Anna, we're going to lock you out your room. And I remember being nervous because I didn't want to disappoint her or my manager, but I was like, they're going to lock you out your room. You need to pay this bill. And I was like, what's the big deal? Okay, I'll pay you guys. And I'm just thinking like, my heart is beating so fast. Like, what's the big deal? This is $30,000. Like, this isn't something that we let happen. You told us you would wire this money. Right. And, you know, we get to episode nine, the final episode, and the infamous trial style Instagram feed. 
Who's your stylist hook up the one who does rappers? Natasha. Yeah. Oh, you thinking trial style? I'm thinking like HBIC, but also like young and coquette. Mm-hmm, like Lolita meets Mildred Pierce, but like now. What purpose did you see personally at the time of doing that trial style Instagram account? Were you trying to exert some control on Anna's behalf or were you just having fun? What was your state of mind? What I thought was, okay, if I was on trial, how could I get the attention off of my bad crime? And, you know, I thought of Lindsay Lohan. I said, oh, fashion. If you make the focus something other than what she's doing, because her saying not guilty and the Rachel stuff, I was like, yeah, it's time to change this and make it about fashion because New Yorkers love fashion. And it worked. Because all of the articles stopped being about her being a scammer and made it about what she was wearing. She's not even wearing anything fancy. It was just things that you could find at the mall. And then bringing in my stylist friend who I ended up paying, because I know that's something people had a question like, how could Anna afford the stylist? I ended up paying for the stylist. I realized that, oh, This is going to add to like the Anna Delvey character where, of course, she has a stylist (laughs) while in jail. It was just funny. So you really saw it more as adding some levity to kind of a difficult situation. Yeah. And I just wanted to prove how easy the media is. Like I knew the media was easy, but I never had a chance to really do it on my own. So I kind of used Anna as practice, like watch this. I'll create an Instagram. I'll name it Anna Delvey Court Looks and everyone will be focused on what she's wearing instead of her crimes. Boom. The New York Times, Vogue, Harper's, everyone is just writing about what she's wearing. And I was like, these people are so easy. (laughs) And how do you think the Instagram account impacted Anna's trial outcome? Oh, it was horrible. I think it worked against her ultimately. And I did feel bad, you know, once I realized the judge was saying Anna was treating it like a fashion show, but it was already done. So I was like, oops, but at least we're talking about clothes. I love clothes. Well, you definitely changed the conversation until the very last moment. Don't go anywhere. There's more from behind the scenes of Inventing Anna right after this. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes. Or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. 
with three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight and leg room that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident that you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including a standard digital key, an available panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I.com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. Hi, everyone. We're back. Are you ready? So, you know, after we see the show run its course, we see episode nine, the viewer is sort of left to ask him or herself, who is Anna Delvey and who is Anna Sorokin? Now, if I ask you that question today, what is your answer? Anna, I don't know. I don't know how to put it into words, but I will say the Anna that I know is someone who, you know, she definitely lacks that care that we should have as humans, but she's also been through a lot of things as a young child, as someone that, you know, grew up way different than other people that we just don't know about. So for me to try to define who she is, I guess I won't know until she completely tells us her truth. And even at that point, how do we know it's the truth? But I will say that she definitely is a businesswoman. She might not be the best at getting her business together, but if she did have a moment or a chance to do it in a legit way, I know she would have really accomplished it. Because look at how many people really believed in her. She's a businesswoman. She's highly intelligent. She plays dumb when she knows certain people need her to play dumb, but she's very, very smart. So don't sleep on her. Do not sleep on her. (laughs) That is good advice. And how would you say this experience of knowing Anna and also having seen the show and being a part of this experience, how has this changed you as a person? Well, I already didn't have many friends, but I'm definitely double checking friendships now. Like, hmm. Are you who you say you are? Because for Anna to trick me, and I'm really good with people in New Yorkers, and I've met so many different people working at the hotel, I'm like, wow, 
I got to get tightened up. I have to get better at, you know, reading people. So definitely I look at friendships a lot different. And I also learn not to rush things. I think if Anna had did it in a legit way and didn't rush things and didn't feel like time was against her, you know, maybe this would be a different story. Maybe it would be about the woman that did lie about being an heir to some money, but still did something legit. So yeah, I definitely learned that that I can take my time, do it the right way, and most importantly, be careful who you call a friend. Lucky for me, I'm not telling the story of having a bill that I had to cover on my credit card, and I'm telling the story that Shonda Rhimes wrote a character about me. Right. So it worked out for me. <laughs> so it could be worse. <laughs> right. Yeah. So most importantly for Neff, what are your hopes for yourself in the next few years? What are you doing professionally and how has this experience helped to inform your artistic vision? Wow. So I try not to think by the year, but I can think by the month. And I've been writing scripts that I actually like that show that sisterhood that Neff and Anna had. So I'm very much inspired by the writing of Inventing Anna. Of course, I'm a huge fan of Sex in the City and Girlfriends and Living Single and all those type of shows that showed girls coming together. I hope to have a deal with Netflix or any type of program or outlet where I can show my own art or work on art that they're creating. I just moved to LA so and I love it here. I love the weather. I hope to connect with other creatives that might need help on their set. So for Neff, what I see for her is someone that is doing what she said she would do. It took a lot longer than what I expected. But again, time is on my side. So as long as I'm doing something with color theory, cinematography, script writing, or film, I'll be happy. And is there anything that you would love for people to know about you that either we didn't get to see explored in the show or just something, maybe a misconception or setting the record straight on something that you feel has been misinterpreted? I think my friendship with Anna and her being a white woman and me being a black woman, a lot of times the things that people are sending me is, oh, well, you're coming off as the help or you're coming off as even a strong term like a slave. And I just wanted to be clear that the role of the concierge and other concierges and people in hospitality will be able to vouch. That's our job. Our job isn't to ever say no. So in parts of the show where you might think that I'm just bowing to Anna by bringing champagne to her table, that's normal. And you should stay at better hotels because you would get that <laughs> same treatment. If you just upgraded and stayed at a nice boutique hotel or a luxury hotel and bother the concierge desk, they want to do these things for you. So I just wanted to make it clear that that was a job. I'm not a pushover in real life. I understand the differences that white women and black women have in all industries and in the world. But hey, me and Anna were friends. And I don't have many white homegirls, but she's one of them. And that's okay. Because sometimes you become friends with people that are from different places and it just works out. So I just wanted to make that clear. That is a fantastic way to end this conversation. You've been so amazing, Neff. And I didn't think I could ever learn more about this show. And here you are making me look at it in a different way all over again. And we are so honored that you took the time. And really, just thank you for sharing your perspective on Anna. It continues to be an evolving process of understanding her and understanding you. So thank you so much. 
You're so welcome. And I'm so happy that you had me on because at first I didn't want to do the show because I felt like, oh, this isn't right because Anna won't be involved because she was in jail. But Anna encouraged it because she said, enjoy the fame, enjoy the interviews, enjoy the money. And I was like, but Anna, I feel bad. And she was like, why? I took from you. It's okay for you to take from me. If anybody I would want to talk about me, it would be you. So, <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. This has really been super fun. Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative. And I just hope that everyone continues to learn from Anna's because there are a lot of Anna's in this world, but it's okay to be a Neff. <laughs> and all the Neffs out there keep working hard, right? Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Come back next week for my chat with Laverne Cox, the Emmy-winning actor who plays Casey Duke, Anna's personal trainer and life coach. She had a workout video that was only available on VHS, and I found it on Amazon and ordered it. And oh I didn't have to find a VHS <laughs> player, but I did. I couldn't, so I got the VHS transferred to digital so I could watch the workout tape. <laughs> if you're enjoying this show, subscribe, share with your friends, rate, and leave us a review. All that good stuff. And if you haven't finished binging Shondaland's Inventing Anna on Netflix, please go do that. We don't want to spoil it for you. Inventing Anna, the official podcast, is executive produced by Sandy Bailey, Lauren Homan, Tyler Klang, and Gabrielle Collins. Our producer and editor is Nicholas Harder. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Stacey Wilson-Hunt. Inventing Anna, the official podcast, is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.